0: As mortals, there's a couple of things that we do quite naturally. One is that we seek to gain, to grow more, to accumulate more. Uh, We look for gain. Um, The other battle that we have is that desire to be special. Sometimes that desire to get gain leads us to do things that will help us be special, but that might change and alter the way that we learn to love others. Today we're going to talk about transactional love and learning how to love others including our enemies without expectations which is a very heavenly thing to do but in mortality it's actually pretty difficult join us in this uh, interesting discussion coming out of Helaman 6 and welcome to another Monday morning Book of Mormon class with Kevin Hinckley recorded live we dive deeply and deliberately into this inspired scripture. How far we get in one class depends a lot on the material and the doctrines left for us by ancient prophets. A single chapter may occupy one class or many. Of course, opinions expressed by the teacher or the class members do not constitute official church doctrines. Join us in this adventure and discover the Hidden treasures found within his pages. And now, on to the class. Well, let's see. Okay, so with that, let's let's go ahead and and get rolling today. Um, I was saying that I was was up in uh, Utah this, this last weekend. Or th- this weekend. Um, and so as I'm putting some thoughts together, they're going to be, a, they're probably a little more jumbled. Uh, today's I've been thinking, I was on the plane and things I've been thinking about during the week and hopefully they come out in some kind of coherent uh, uh, plan here. Um, all right. Well, one of the things that I wanted to, to mention <laughs> I, uh, um there, there are, there are just certain mortality traits that all of us have, and all we live with, and it's part of being in mortality. And there's a lot of them, but I wanted to pick out these two uh, to kind of focus in on a little bit today. Uh, first of all, uh, this number one is: is we want to get gain. We want to get things. We want, we, we want to accumulate things. Um, I remember uh, a few years ago going to, a, uh, in, we were in uh, Vegas. and We went to see the play uh, Remembering the Caveman. I don't know if anybody's ever seen that one. It is funny, isn't it? And, and, he, and he talked about how uh, men are, it's all the caveman kind of thing. So so men are hunters and women are gatherers, you know. And the men hunt, 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 go out, kill it, drag it home. And... Uh, and that women gather, they gather experiences, they gather friends, they gather stuff, they gather, they gather trinkets, they gather nativity scenes. <laughs> <You know. laughs> they just gather, 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 gather. Um, and, and he said, w- w- one of the ways that you can tell the difference between men and women is like, if you're going to go, if, if as men, we're going to go into Walmart, because there's something we're going to get, we go straight to that thing, we shoot it, we kill it, we drag it home, put it in a truck and drive out. And women go, huh, huh, back over here, and you check here. And,
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, you do. Uh, so, so, so I always used to, to joke you, you know, about the fact that how long does it take a man to go out and get uh, a loaf of bread like. at the store? that's it it's about you know whatever I'm going to go over the store see it shoot it kill it drag it home that's right okay how long ladies how long does it take you to go get a loaf of bread you're not just going to go get a loaf of bread what else are you going to do while you're out
2: check
0: on the dry cleaning what else have you got what else are you going to pick up you don't want to waste time so you're going to go do that uh, and then while you're out, you've got the Tupperware that needs to go back to sister so-and-so that you had from the last thing. So you can do that. And then, so, so generally on, on average, how long does it take ladies to go get a loaf of bread? Hour and a half. Five yeah, somewhere between an hour and a half and five hours. limited <laughs>
3: that, <laughs> <laughs> because Brian always teases me. It takes you, like, 30 minutes to get your shoes on. <laughs> I just need my shoes on
0: Shoes
3: on, makeup on You know Is your turn And not just that But maybe you need to
4: change the laundry Before Because you want to
3: make
2: sure
0: that it didn't dry And we're off I did this once in the, in the Marriott Center, or not the Marriott Center, in the ballroom at BYU. We had like 2,000 people on a Friday evening. And I'm like, how long does it take to get a loaf of bread? And we went and went and went. And I, and I think it came to about three hours by the time everybody thought about all the things that they should. Okay? So, so we are good at a people at, and, and as mortals at getting, get, getting stuff. We are horrible at losing stuff. Like I say, I was just at a funeral. I had a favorite aunt of mine that passed away last week, and so we were there, and it's hard to give her up. It's hard to give up the experiences and, and all that. Um, so number one, we want gain, and then the other one that, that is uh, specific to almost all of us, we want to feel special. We want to feel special. Now, in order to feel special, the problem with that is what? But what if everybody else is special the same way? <laughs> that's not so special. <laughs> so, how? What does it take to be special? You have to be unique and different, and and better than. That's right. <laughs> that's right. We, you know, we uh, I thought about wearing my uh, Texas Ranger. You know, we won and you didn't. Shirt <laughs> in, in the airport, but I just didn't want everybody else. But I knew that's what I would be doing, it, it, because what what, it, what made us special is what we won. And if you're Arizona, they lost. So us, you. Wait a minute. I thought it just fit me better Did you wear it? Oh, there you go. there. See, there it is. Okay. <laughs> That's right. So, so that's part of what competition is, uh, is, is that I get to prove that I'm somehow better or more special or I have something more than you. Uh, I'm always interested when I, when I run up to, to Utah. And the, the idea in Utah, in order to be more better than everybody else, it's the race up the mountain. Here's your house, here's my house. Here's their house, their house. And there's my house, their house. And my house, their and bigger. And my, no, I'm higher and bigger and more. And, you know, and every, every. people did
3: that. When we first met my, kid, my younger sister went to high school, and people were talking about, is there snow at your mouth, at your house or is
0: there just rain? And they're like, what difference does it make? <laughs> okay, we, we, we want to feel special, which means we're not just unique, but i got to be more unieker <laughs> uh, than, than, than somebody else. Now, what we're going to find is that these two traits to, to need, that we need gain and we have to feel special, have some traps built into them that, that are going to cause us to struggle in a in a variety of areas. So so let me give you an example of, of one of those. Let me go to Moses 5 for a second. Okay? So with Cain and Abel. Okay. You know where I'm going with this. And Abel, you know, he's going to bring forth the forth the firstlings of his flock and of his fat thereof. And the Lord had respect under Abel and his offering, but under Cain and to his offering he had not respect. There were some conditions and things that the Lord was wanting. We don't have all of those. I think it's the the killing of a, an animal sacrifice. Um Cain is offering, and that had not respect. And Satan knew this, and it pleased him, and Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. Why would would, uh, Satan be rejoicing over this? I can work with this, right? There's a chink in the armor here that we can do something with. Ah, okay. And after hearing Satan's plan, I'm gonna we're gonna do this, and here's how it'll work, and I'm gonna deliver Abel into your hands, blah blah blah. blah. And Cain said, "Ah, truly, I ha- I am, Mahan, the master of the great secret." And and by the way, so what is a secret? you been to get Cain. But just in general, what's a secret? Something
4: that,
0: Something that I know that you don't. Mm-hmm. That's why. Uh, ladies, as you're gathering, one of the things that you like to gather is information and knowledge about, tell me everything. Tell me what's going on. Well, I haven't talked to you forever. Tell me about your kids. Tell me what they did and they did. And, and, and I need to find out about this thing and that thing. And I, you're just collecting. But it's, you're going to know stuff that you don't know. And you're not special unless you know. Because you and your bestie, you and your best friend know things that nobody else really knows. And that's, there's a specialness that comes with knowing stuff. And then you feel better because you know stuff. But it can't be the same thing everybody else knows, right? It's
1: like little
0: gifts that we give other. Yeah, it's just these little presents that drop in, these little knowledge bombs that that means that I have a gift that you don't have. Okay, so that makes me special. Now, he's called Master Mahan. Now, so a secret is I'm going to know something or do something or have something that nobody else has. And in this case, what's the secret? That
1: is, uh, what said
0: yeah, which was really good <laughs> that I can murder and get gain okay, yeah. so he's master he gloried in his wickedness because now he can get stuff it's like, oh, you mean I could actually kill him and have his flock mm-hmm. oh, that's a cool idea <laughs> <laughs> because I don't have a flock, I could kill Abel and get his flock now, most people wouldn't know to do that, but I'm going to know that I can do that. Oh, I have this secret. Okay? He's going to be Master Hand. He's going to glory in his wickedness. But again, part of it is that idea of getting gain, which means I need to get more than what I've got. What I have is not plenty. Okay? Um, why do I have this iPhone as opposed to another iPhone? <laughs> it works better probably that. not but, but but it's the newer version oh. and so i needed the newer one more than i needed the older one of course. right mine is cuz my husband
1: needed
0: a newer one <laughs> <laughs> he, that's usually how it works around our house <laughs> i'm going to get the new car <laughs> yeah. yes i know because gain is about getting something that we don't have currently, and then we're going to want to ha- get that thing more. And Cain is going to want this. Okay? So Cain goes into the field, and he talks with Abel, his brother. And then it came to pass while they're in the field, he rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. Now, is he feeling guilty at what he did? No. 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 How do you, how do you feel when you get something new and shiny? <laughs> he gloried in what he had done saying I am free now surely the flocks of my brother falleth into my hands you know I'm like the other you know I'm going to get his sorry he's dead somebody's got to take over the flocks guess it's me (laughs) and and so at the front end of this he's going to glory now we know where it goes from here but I I want you to I I want you to focus on this idea not just that we need to we don't want to murder But we still want to get gain, and that's a very human trait in us. Okay? Now, we're going to actually see the same thing. That's where we're ending up here as we get to, to Helaman. Come on in, guys. So Helaman... So they're at this part where things are going super well. Things are going great. Everybody, nobody's fighting. The Lamanites have joined the church. There's no battles going on. Things are pretty great, okay? Now, the Lord had blessed them. Now, now listen to Mormon's interpretation of this. For behold, Mormon says, the Lord had blessed them so long with the riches of the world that they had not been stirred up to anger, to wars, nor to bloodshed. What's the problem with that?
1: That's
0: drama. <laughs> D- <or> drama. Drama. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> Therefore, they begin to set their hearts on riches. Okay, now, again, though, why, why is that... In a sense, he's almost, they've been blessed so long, they had been stirred up to anger, wars, or bloodshed, and we would go, yay, this is good stuff. That is, a, that is greatness. What's the problem?
5: Things are
6: too good.
0: Why would, they, why would they be too good? I mean, this is what everybody would want, isn't it?
6: They're not satisfied because they're not better than somebody
0: else. Yes. The, the problem with, the thing with anger and wars and bloodshed is? Ga- you get gain. And what happens if you're not having anger or wars or bloodshed? There's no gain. <laughs> and it's that natural tendency to go, how do I know where I am? How do I mark my path? And the only way I can do that is by comparison. So the nice thing about if we're going to go off to war is that war is going to be about, like football games, are about what? Winning. Winning. And if there's going to be winners, there's going to be losers. And if I'm one of the winners, see, that's me, and that's you. Me? You. (laughs) Me. (laughs) You. (laughs) Okay? It's like, it's like uh, the the comic Brian Reakin talks about, wouldn't it be great to have been one of the astronauts walked on the moon? Because then nobody tops you at a dinner party. <laughs> <laughs> we were doing this, and we were going in Europe, and we were doing these kind of things, and it was great, stuff like that. And you go, you know, that time I was driving the rover on the moon. <laughs> Me? <laughs> You. <laughs> it creates that. And so he says everything then stops down because nobody can top an astronaut who's driven a lunar rover on the moon. You win every time. <laughs> okay? But we have that, but we have this need. And, and so uh, uh, somebody mentioned that part of the problem was pride, right? The pride cycle. C.S. Lewis would talk about pride and say, the, the thing with pride is, is that it's not so much about having something, it is having more than, having more than somebody else. That's, the, that's what pride is. I don't want something if I have something I, I may like it until somebody else has more of that thing. Now I have to get gain. I've got to gain somehow and get past that. Okay, yeah. Back when I was in elementary
3: school, one year, this one clothing manufacturer put these little gold owl pins, tiny, on all of their new clothes. And as back then, me as well as probably most people, you got all your new school clothes at the beginning of the year Yeah. school started. And right. then you didn't get any clothes mm-hmm. until the next year before school started. But these little pins didn't show up until after the school year started. And ah. I this one girl coming to school, and she must have had 15 <laughs> of these little pins on her outfit going around. And that was her way of wrapping. Look how many clothes I've gotten since the school year started, <laughs> you
1: know? Me, you. Yeah. You, 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 I,
0: laid, I, yes, I you, you know the story about how, uh, how the law of consecration ended in, in Orderville. In, in Utah, um, what would happen is they had all things in common, and all of the all of the boys would have their all all their homespun pants that they would be wearing, which was which worked really well, except for one enterprising lad, who every time that they would shear the sheep, what he would do is he would collect the wool from the tail of the sheep. And so he had like a secret stash of tail wool that he kept mm-hmm. and got it. And, and what happened is is that at the end of the season, then what they ended up doing was we're gonna take the wool up to Salt Lake and, and, get, and get paid for our wool. He carried his tail wool separately. And after his parents and everybody bought that, he was able to show up with the, the tail wool and he bought a pair of jeans.
4: <laughs>
0: these jeans that were coming from back east. <laughs> uh, and, and he was able to get not homespun pants, but these machine-made jeans coming from the east. Okay? And so what happens, you think, the next day after, when they get back to Salt Lake and he shows up at school in Jean. jeans? It was over. Because <laughs> now everybody... He had so, had something that he had that nobody else had. He was now special, and now everybody else started to hang on to their wool because now they're going to try and keep up with the gene kid. <laughs> and it was the wedge that started to then mess with, with all of that. It was called the Great Pants Rebellion. It was called... And ultimately, it was called the Great Pants Rebellion. <laughs> and it was one of the things that that led to the ending of the Law of Consecration in Orderville, outside uh, Zions, okay? All right, so, so Hedelman here, they're going to set their hearts on riches, uh, because that's going to be the way, the th- nice thing about riches is that you can tell that you are ahead of the curve, Okay, now. In Nephite land, how does everybody know cuz they didn't have big screen TVs and they didn't have SUVs and stuff like that? How can you tell who the rich people are and who the poor people are? You're wearing it. You're wearing it. It's the clothes. Okay? So they would part of that is that they're, they're going to like sew gold and stuff into their clothes so that so that you can you can then walk around and everybody's going to know Uh, that you have a championship t-shirt on. You know, i got something that you don't have. Okay? Yea, they begin to seek to get gain, that they might be lifted above one another. Now, in order to do that, though, it's kind of interesting. You may have a, a cap to how much you can gain unless you have the Master Mahan secret, which is I can murder and get gain. And in, this, and in some cases, I can murder and get uh, government positions. I can get, uh, I can get ahead in politics, right? Therefore, they begin to commit secret murders to rob and to plunder that they might get gain. Now, Mormon is going to, remember, sometimes in the commentary, we're just rolling along here, and then Mormon runs across something, he goes, boy, this is a good one. Then he's going to go, and thus we see, or therefore. And now we're going to get an editorial comment coming from Mormon, who is writing these things in the ruin of his own, of his own civilization. Either just before the last war or after the last war, he's seen how this thing, uh, it, it's a little bit like as he's writing doing this, we are doing it with the benefit of saying, oh, we know what's coming. I remember when James Cameron was going to make the movie Titanic, and everybody said, why would everybody watch a movie when you know how it ends? <laughs> it's not, that's not going to be so great. Except that when, when uh, Jack says, I have won tickets, and I get to go on the Titanic, you just kind of get this, ooh, 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 <laughs> this moment, right? Oh, no. This is the because we know and there's a, like a sense of dread about what's about to happen because we know what's coming. Okay, um, they begin to have secret murders and so he's, he says that they might get gained. Now, so we're going to get Mormon's commentary here. He's going to go and behold. Satan did stir up the hearts of the more part of the Nephites insomuch they did unite with the bands of robbers enter into their covenants and their oaths that they would protect and preserve one another yet yeah, there is a problem with getting gain and murder there are consequences so you've got to have a secret so that you can get the gain and not have the consequences teens work off of this philosophy <laughs> I want to be able to do what I want to do what I want to do without the consequences. So I've got to figure out how to do that. Now, a lot of times they don't necessarily think there will be consequences, but um, insomuch they did unite with these bands of robbers, they entered into their covenants, they would protect and preserve one another in whatever difficult circumstances they might be placed that they might not suffer for their murders and their plunderings and their stealings, and now they're gonna be free. I am the master of the secret. And whosoever of these who belong to their band should reveal unto the world of their wickedness and abomination should be tried. Not according to the laws of their country, but according to the laws of their wickedness. If you're gonna live a secret, what do we have to covenant to do? Keep the secret. Keep the pro- Because then we all lose. So if we're going to have a secret and the secret is to murder, we've got to make sure that I can murder and nobody else is going to get to know who's doing the murdering. And if you're going to tell people who's doing the murdering, then we're going to murder you. We've got to protect the secret. Okay. According to the laws of the wickedness, which had been given by Gadianton and Kishkuman. Now behold, it is these he wants us to know. Now behold, young reader, you know, centuries later. Now behold, it is these secret oaths and covenants which Alma commanded his son should not go forth into the world lest they should be the means of bringing down the people unto destruction. He's looking ahead and he's looking at this, the damage around him. Okay. Now he's going to say, but behold... These secret oaths and covenants did not come forth unto Gadianton from the records which were delivered under Helaman, but behold, they were put into the heart of Gadianton. How? By Satan. By the same being who did entice our first parents to partake of the forbidden fruit.
6: But isn't this, this kind of like uh, Flip Wilson saying the devil made me do it? A bit. <laughs> I think uh, a lot of this is somewhat the natural man. You don't, you, know, you don't have to your kids don't learn to drink the milk out of the bowl because they saw their dad do it have something they can figure out
0: on the yeah yeah and, and the bowl works even though I'm going to get all of that on there right there is this there's this natural tendency to have to work at this level I want to know if that's bad because I do that all the time what are you drinking out of the bowl <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think it's probably okay
6: yeah <laughs> but don't, don't we sometimes yes. I, maybe maybe um, way off the wall, but don't we blame Satan for some things that we can just think up on our own?
2: I'm with him. <laughs> I think that too, because if you guys seen that show, Lucifer, it's not good. The first seven episodes are good, then you stop watching. <laughs> but at this point, he keeps going, why do you blame me? Why do you keep blaming me when you do something that, that you know, that you just naturally wanted to do and use me as an excuse? And I think sometimes... Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: We need to own a little bit more. Nothing. <laughs> he's not out there doing his work.
0: He may not have to do a whole lot he just because of be the on. natural man tendencies. He probably just put the thing in motion, and you just watch it happen. Yeah. Well,
2: see, I was thinking a while ago when we first started talking about this about how how he finds out that he can till and, okay. and get game, and that this is the idea with with the. With Cain, that for some reason he knows that he can do that. Well, to us looking at it, we think, "Didn't you know that
3: you could kill someone?" You know, but that was—they didn't die.
0: They were not killing, right? Yeah, no, no killing. They didn't die. To those things.
2: they died of or causes. But there in Genesis, you find people are living for a long,
3: long, long time. And I have to wonder if Satan told
0: him how you could kill someone. Oh, do this, and then this happens, and
2: yeah, hit him on the head,
0: and then he go. And you
2: didn't know that you could hit someone on the head. And then
0: I get his sheep. Well, yeah, there won't. He'll, oh, uh, yeah. I just think there's a real, a real natural. T- I don't think Satan has to do a whole lot. I think the the, the thing is just rolling mortality. But what? But you, sometimes you got to be shown how it works, and then you go, oh, well, that's. Okay. Um, Now, so they're put into the heart of Gadiant by the same being who did entice our parents to partake. Wait a minute, what was Eve after? How come Eve partook of the fruit? Knowledge. What does she want? Knowledge, right? She wanted to gain. She wanted to have something more than she had. Because she's shown the fruit and she says she could see that it was what? Good. Good. And delicious for eating. It's delicious to the taste. Oh. Well, I haven't tried that fruit before. You know, I had, uh, uh, this weekend, I had fajitas that have been cooked in a pineapple half. Well, I've never done fajitas in a pineapple half and it was delicious to the taste and very desirable. <laughs> and now guess what I'm going to do the next time I grill? I've got to grill it in a pineapple half because it's something I hadn't seen before so I'm going to gain now in my fajita cooking skills <laughs> by by sometimes doing it with pino, pineapple, right? We have to be shown how to do it. But after that we want gain and Eve wanted, when she could see, wait a minute, I want kids, I want more knowledge I want and it's not necessarily it's an unrighteous want but it just means I do want to gain I
1: think she also wanted to be like father and
6: mother
0: this is how they got their knowledge oh I just had to be shown just show me how to do it and then I'll do that this
6: is an example of simple complex and perplex
0: we got to start in simplicity don't we
6: yes you just leave it in simplicity You you know She
0: just wanted to have a good fruit, but there was a lot more. Yeah, it is. It is to say. Oh, wait a minute. And this is how Father got his not just a good bowl of fruit, but only got his knowledge there too. But it's going to be this. I got to do that. I want to gain. Okay. So, so this is by the same being to entice our parents to partake the forbidden fruit. Yea, that same being who did plot with Cain. That if he would murder his brother Abel, it should not be known to the world. I can keep the secret. I will have something the world doesn't know. Except that once the world figures out, you mean to tell me that you can take a phone that you talk on and you can access the internet and you can call and you can do all kinds of things, and you can play farm f- games. <laughs> On a phone? You know, Apple did it and everybody else was like, wow, now everybody's got, if you've got a phone, you've got to be able to do all that stuff. It just have to be shown how. And then I'm going to gain that thing. Now, if you're 10 years old, what's the thing you want most in your life? Don't give me a flip phone. I want one of those phones that does all of those kind of things. Okay? That That I can sit during sacrament meeting and play with that instead. Okay? So... There is this sense then of gain that, that is built into us. And and I love the idea, going back to simplicity, it's where we start. It is it's just basic, basic humanness. Okay? Now, yeah? Okay, so a thought
1: just came to me, and probably all of you know the answer. Cain uh, knew that murder
0: was wrong. Right? Pretty much. I mean, the Ten Commandments hadn't been written yet, but you would think that
1: with the Ten Commandments, that wasn't all new stuff. To all.
0: Uh-uh.
1: So he because he must have thought it was something he had to hide. That's right. He must have known that there would be consequences or something.
0: So unless you can keep this, unless you can swear all of your your family around you, if nobody tells anything, then Dad doesn't find out.
1: Well, yes, but you know, but that's still because you know that there could be consequences. So yeah. Finds out, the world finds out, the police find out. Yeah, but he must have known that this, you know, yes. But his desire to because he was angry that his offering wasn't.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Because I assume that if his the Lord had said, "Okay, yours is fine too," he wouldn't have done that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because that specialness is the thing that.
1: But he still had to know that murder was wrong.
0: Yeah. It's wrong, but, but I just don't think the consequences will be that big because he's going to say later when he finds out what the consequences are, it's more than I can bear. This is too big a deal. I just didn't expect that much. Yeah. We
1: know that Adam and Eve taught their children, so there was probably a lot more parenting in there than obviously the scriptures. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, and we know that, that Cain and Abel aren't the first kids. Okay. All right. So, so now let me show you where this plays into to kind of where we're going with this. Okay, so let's talk about the Moses plan. We know that when when the children of Israel are are coming out of Egypt, they have they have been under in in Egypt. Who got gain? As they're watching for four hundred years. Who gets the gain? The Egyptians. The Egyptians did, and especially, and not just your average Egyptian. Pharaoh, you know, you got the pyramids and everything. The pharaohs are the ones that are going to get gained. Specifically, they have the path about how to go into the underworld and and get help from the gods that are going to get them to eternity. Okay, they have an Egyptian endowment, and and it's going to show them exactly how to become gods. But not everybody gets it. It's just it's a special thing for certain people they're going to watch that for 400 years. Okay? So only the pharaohs get get the great prize. But Moses is pulling them out and he's going to go, he plainly taught the children of Israel in the wilderness and sought diligently to sanctify his people. And and I inter- I interpret that change their nature. He needs to sanctify. He needs to make them different. So it's not just the pharaohs that get to go see God. It's going to be everybody can. And he sought that they might behold the face of God. They, I want them to have the same experience that I've had. Okay. Now, when he, what happens though when he invites them to come to Mount Sinai and get to experience and see the face of God? I don't think so. Exodus says they, they did Chronicles goes no nah, sorry we don't want this you go do that we'll come back we'll stay here and and you tell us how it went okay so plan A was I'm going to pull you into the presence of God you will see the face of God and it will help change your nature and you'll be able to return and live with God okay now What was plan B when they didn't accept that? Plan A is get to see God. Plan B is? They got a lesser law. Uh, Now, the lesser law, the law of Moses, instead of the law of God, they get the law of Moses. Right? So they, they reject his loving invitation that everybody would be able to come into the presence of God. They're going to go, no, I don't think so. So God is going to say then I will put together a plan that starts at their level. Remember, the two basic things we just talked about are what? Get gain and be special. How do I go where they are and put together a plan that's built on getting gain and being special? So what did they get? The law of Moses. So it's a preparatory system that prepared them to obey but it's not the higher law it's the lower law it's a a system of obedience and it's built on this natural man's tendency towards transactional obedience I do something and I get something back so I'm going to now be driven not necessarily by love I'm going to be driven by I got to do this and then when I do this I get this quid it's, it's quid pro quo. I do this I get this if I don't do this I don't I don't get this it's it's at a basic level
6: and they were told that they were the chosen people <laughs>
0: and if you do that that's right the, the transactional is if you do that you will be special you will be chosen people what happens if you don't do that then you won't be special Here's the law. Keep the law and, sit, and other countries won't come in and control you and dominate you. Don't keep the law and they will. Stone the adulterers to keep everything pure because if you don't stone the adulterers, the Assyrians and Babylonians and Romans and everybody keep showing up. So you've got to kill them. Get them to obey or kill them. It's transactional. Okay? It's transactional. And that's that's the problem here. So it's transactional, fear-based obedience. Does, Does that make sense? Okay, now. So here's what happens then. Kind of in the around the fourth century. For the first few centuries, the church is built on we are gonna be like Christ. We're gonna create, we're not trying to get to heaven the first few centuries after after uh, the Savior, we are heaven. Our, our house church is heaven. And heaven will come to us, as, we, as we've been talking about, right? Now, what happens though, we get into the fourth century and we get people like Constantine and then we get uh, Augustine and and those guys who have been watching very carefully and, and St. Augustine says he was heavily influenced by Roman and Greek mythology. If you're if you're a person living under Roman mythology, how do you not get struck down by Zeus? <laughs> don't make him mad. Do the right things. You live. Don't do the wrong thing. Do the right things. You die. The gods are angry. The gods will kill you if you don't do it right. Does that make sense? So you start with kind of this, this tendency that we have to be transactional. I do this and I get this. I don't do this, I don't, do, I don't get this, right? And then what, what's going to happen, we're trying to figure out now how do we now take what was little house churches and now we're going to build this thing and this new religion under Constantine is going to take over the Roman Empire. We're going to take Christianity and what Paul was teaching and that's going to become the dominant religion of of the land. I remember uh, ta- when we were ta- when we were in uh, Santorini and we had a um, a Greek um, converted Greek guide. She uh, she had a Greek wedding. She married a Greek guy, and so she got baptized into the Greek church. Uh, and and she talked about how we had our traditions of mythology and then Christianity came in and we weren't supposed to do certain things, but we just morphed it. You know, we wanted we wanted female deities. We liked Artemis. We, we, we liked Venus. We liked all that. And they said we weren't allowed to worship that, so what did we do? Mary. We just moved it to Mary. And, she, and she, she was quite open about, we just transitioned. We just did it our way. Okay? In other words, we're going to take this Christianity thing and then we're going to mix it with some mythology uh, in in this transactional, i got to obey out of fear kind of thing. And then what's going to happen here is that I'm going to end up creating, I'm going to roll that into my church structure. And then what what comes out of that? Yes. If it's about getting gain, now I get a transactional theology. Under this structure, what's the idea of gain? Heaven. So now, how are we going to tell who's going to heaven, who's special? How do we we tell? How, how do you differentiate between the ones that are gaining heaven and those that are not gaining heaven? Money. Money helps, <laughs> but, but and in fact, money is actually going to be the way that we get out of this. But it now is all going to. The hinge point is going to be sin. Who's sinning? Because sin is going to be the thing. Obedience is going to be the thing that determines whether you gain heaven or you gain hell. How do you know who's gaining enough? The the pre- you need somebody under this structure. That's exactly right. There has to be somebody who will tell you what it is, how to do it, and then when you have broken it, what you need to do. And so we're going to take we're going to take the idea under, for the, under the first few centuries it was if, if you do something you shouldn't turn around men and turn around now under this structure how are you going to know well the priest is going to determine and he's got to come up with something called what happens if you have broken a law penance you have to do penance and penance meaning that if I'm going to actually do the thing again, I got to do repentance. Repay the thing. Because if I don't, that, that repentance will be the transaction that gets me the gain, gets me heaven. Does that make sense? Just gonna settle in for a second here. Because we pulled it, we pulled it forward, guys. There is some parts of this that uh, that we have carried over culturally, not just into our mindset, but into the the church as well. It's a sense of transactions, okay, uh, and saying, and we got to determine. Uh, what what the transaction is that enables me to gain heaven and how do I know that I've done enough transactions to get me to heaven? What if I haven't done enough? Anybody ever had that like existential fear? I remember I remember in college. I remember I literally remember the bit be- laying in the bed in my room at at in Rexburg, laying there going <sighs> what happens if it's like judgment day <laughs> and i'm standing before judgment day and i find out that i missed it by that much <laughs> oh my gosh how do i know when i get there that i did enough but what if i think i did enough but it turns out i didn't do enough and it really freaked me out everybody else have that experience where you just go whoa you know, uh, and that, so so sometimes we're driven, and so you can guess what my feeling was at the moment. Was it like love and ad- admiration for the Savior and His sacrifice for me? Uh, no. Fear. no, it was fear. I was operating out of It freaked me out. It was so, but my thinking at that moment was so transactional, so much in simplicity, that I'm locked into this idea of I'm good or I'm bad. I'm right or I'm wrong. I did it or I didn't do it. I, I kept the commandments or I didn't keep enough commandments. I want to get to heaven. I, I don't want to be... And, and we, we, roll the, we roll this into it, okay? Um, so here's, here's the problem that I, that I look at when we start... In our, in our thinking about who goes to heaven and who doesn't go to heaven and have I done enough? there is one small problem and that is the the uh, physics philosophy of entropy. Okay? What's entropy? for those that have? Everything's going to plot all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Everything rots, right? It all goes downhill. Okay? Again, I, I, I'm sitting at the funeral thinking You know what i remember my aunt when she was uh she hadn't yet married and i was young and she was my buddy i was the first first child to my parents after nine years of trying of course there were a a mission and two wars that came in the middle of that but it was still nine years okay and so when i come along and my aunt has not yet Married, I'm her bu- I get to go with her and my other aunt, and we're, she ta- they're taking me to movies, and I, I'm pretty special with this aunt. Okay? And now she dies. She's not here, and she got old. She couldn't remember who I was the last time I talked to her. Old age just really stinks, doesn't it? <laughs> is there anything that you know of that is exempt from entropy? Everything rots yeah the cla- <laughs> <laughs> yeah classics yeah, you know what maybe uh, think about that
2: Sorry. it gets old and brittle and breaks yeah. it replaces the plastic part that broke it
0: breaks down even the sun is going to go away w- what about if you have a beautiful singing voice hmm. uh, it goes away what what if you used to be really young and vital and you had lots of energy? That ah, goes away. It goes first. It goes first. <laughs> Everything. What well, and you know and and what we grow. You know we were just enjoying the foliage. Okay. What, what what's happening with bright fall foliage?
5: Dying.
0: The leaves are dying. <laughs> <laughs> they're dying and, and in another few weeks they'll be gone and then we'll just have bare branches okay entropy kills everything yeah, I had a hand over here.
3: yeah I don't know if this is part of what you're going with but these are just some of my thoughts Yeah. Um, when you're talking before the emphasis switched to what are you doing instead of what person have you become and then people focus you can't be just this far away if you're talking about what kind of person you've become and um, these things that we do help us become the kind of person not how many good things have you done and the other thing I was thinking um, yes I mean things change the leaves change from green to red and orange and Uh all this stuff but that is one of the beautiful things with nature. As we get older, things change, but they don't change in their beauty. They may change the kind of beauty they have. The green chlorophyll dies, and then the other kinds of chlorophyll that focus on the different wavelengths of the sun to produce energy become more prominent, and that's why the leaves, you know, change color. Yeah. But it's amazing to me that. You can look and say, well, green is the best, but isn't there a beauty with red? I the, appreciate
0: that. Ah, okay. And then what happens after that? Then, then it dies and falls off. <laughs> and then then you, it's you, gone. And then you get <laughs> so green
5: again, right? right.
0: But, but, but what, what if my entire goal is that I want to gain, and what I want to gain is beautiful red sugar maples that are really bright red. That is my whole thing. I'm gonna gain sugar maples and I'm gonna have at this moment my my yard is best because I have these beautiful bright red sugar maples. And then what happens? About three weeks later They'll they all fall. So it was good you're right, and, and I guess part of our developing a personality is, is that we're able to enjoy things of the moment, but you also enjoy the leaves. Why? Because you know it's temporary; it's going away. If my if my if my whole specialness is based on the fact that I have to hold on to the best yard in the neighborhood to that bright red, that'll change in about three weeks. Yeah. I think it's super
3: interesting that for the tree to to grow bigger, it has to go through that cycle of. Death, and then next spring it'll be just a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. But you know, 20 or 30 years down the road, it's like, where did this gigantic tree come from? Well, it's because the tree went through a um, growing process. Yeah.
5: And
3: getting rid of things that didn't serve it anymore and then growing new. And then.
0: Yeah, isn't that cool? And you can tell by the rings, you can see how, how it did during some seasons were a lot of water and they're fatter rings and some were lean years and they were leaner. So as we're getting older, part of what we've got, if it's about becoming, not about gaining, then, then what we have is our memories of those years. And it, it's, it's helped form us over time. So I love that idea. We're not able to do it if we think transactionally. It's about what I can get. If, if, we're, if we're growing in terms of what I'm becoming and I'm changing, now I can embrace even, even rough years because it's part of... My, my thinking's different. It's not transactional. Does that make sense? That's kind of where we're going here. Okay. Uh, and, and part of the problem... But entropy says if, if on one side I have this humanness that wants stuff, And on the other side, entropy says, yeah, but it'll go away. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I want it, yeah, but it won't be forever. I want a a hot body. I'm going to work out like crazy in the gym every day so that I get a hot body. And then you'll be 80. (laughs) And then you'll be 90. I'm still working on a hot body. No, then you die. (laughs) Yeah.
2: I don't. I'm not trying to speak for everybody, but
1: <clears throat> I know for myself. I wish so many times, as a mother and a grandmother, that I had the wisdom that I have now gained.
0: Yeah. The
1: patience, the spirituality. I would give anything to have had that back then. So there is there is some sort kind of peace in coming to an age where you feel pretty doggone happy that you're in that direction, whatever. For me, it's that direction going home. I wasn't all of this back then, last twenty
0: thirty. No.
5: It's a peace that comes with
0: age. With, with, with under, in other words, what, here's what you've gained. Instead of gaining stuff, you're now gaining understanding and you're gaining wisdom. Now the question is, when you die, will you take your nativity scenes? <laughs> will you take your wisdom and your knowledge and understanding? There are things that we're going to progress with, and that's why Joseph Smith was saying that man isn't sa- is saved as fast as he gains knowledge, because we take that with us into the eternity. That knowledge and wisdom and understanding aren't affected by entropy. Mortal things are, but everything entropy gets everything else. Okay. So there is another eternal thing, and this is, this is ultimately what I think we have to look at, and I think this is our biggest challenge. I think it's an incredibly hard challenge for us as mortals. What is transactional love?
6: Conditional.
0: Conditional based on what? When I get back. That's right. It's that idea of getting gain. I'm going to love you because... I'm going to get something back from you. Okay? Does that make sense? Do we do that with God? If we're at a simplicity level. I'm going to obey because of what I get. Now, I think it's like the rings on the tree. I think we have to grow over time. but Because we, we start here. I'm going to love you because of what you give me back. That's transactional love. And then Jesus comes along and goes, Yeah, but love your neighbor. Okay, some neighbors. And love your enemies. Oh, wait a minute. I know I'm not getting anything back from those guys. In fact, what I'm, I'm not gaining from them, I'm losing from them. Those are my enemies. And to those Jews, it's like, love the Romans? Are you kidding? Really? If the Romans want a coat from you, what should you do? (laughs) Yeah. No. No. I don't don't think there's a harder commandment given than love your enemies. But it fits under this idea of transactional love. That I, I may get caught because of my need for gain in transactional obedience. Why do I keep the commandments? What do I expect to gain? Heaven. What if I obey partly? Part I'll get a part heaven, which would be? Yeah, it's, I might get the, 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 the terrestrial kingdom, right? But if I obey more excellently, I get the celestial kingdom. It's a gain thing. Have I gained enough? And by the way, part of, part of that, so part of being special is if I'm special, I'm obeying at a celestial level. Mike, I don't know about you, man. <laughs> I, I've watched kind of what you do on Sundays, so I, me, <laughs> you. <laughs> I'm obeying and special because of what I'm doing, but I'm watching you. And actually, you know what? If I see you out doing stuff on Sunday that, that I know you shouldn't be doing, I get to feel better about myself because I'm better than him because my transactional stuff, I'm operating in a higher. I'm getting the goods. You're not going to get the goods. In, in traditional kind of Christian mythology, who gets the big mansion in, in heaven? Maybe like the poor the despised you know you're gonna get the big mansion what about the rich man <laughs> He's gonna get the shack on the cul-de-sac right in other words we're gonna we're gonna quite transactional stuff almost with karma you know pulling something else that at the end of the day it all gets equal out because uh, and I get to feel okay I'm really poor. But I'm gonna to get to the big mansion later. So I may be poor, you may be rich, but I'm feeling better about myself because you're rich and you're gonna get smited. <laughs> and I will gain heaven, more heaven than you. It can't be just a little heaven. I gotta gain more heaven. If you're if you're doing stuff on Sunday and I get to heaven and we're in the same place, Oh, I'm going to be tort. <laughs> that is not. I, I sacrificed, dang it. I, I did more of the transaction stuff. I hated it, but I did it. <laughs> the son. Yeah, the prodigal son, right.
3: Like I knew someone that they really didn't like this person, and then they found out their air conditioner broke, and they're like, yeah.
0: yes. And then they're
3: like, <laughs> it's hot and sunny see God doesn't like them either <laughs> I know
0: that you have a, I, 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 it bothers me that you have more money than me you have a bigger house but when I found out your kids were what they were now I feel better <laughs> right. okay I'm not rich but at least my kids are better than yours
6: <laughs>
0: me you <laughs> okay you're thinking.
6: Well, I was just thinking. Uh, sometimes, you just after a disaster, you'll hear a story about. It. Well, I just had a feeling I shouldn't get on that airplane. Well, what about the guy that got on in your place? Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, did God like him less? You know, I, I mean that. We, we we play See, those He liked him more. was getting him to
2: heaven faster. <laughs>
0: I, 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 I was hearing this weekend about, about this, this lady and she has this view of, of heaven and her, and her greatest moment with her kids is every year she has this massive Christmas Eve thing. You know, where all the kids are all dressed, all alike and all that and we get like the, the one and then we're going to take the picture with everybody in their matching pajamas. Okay? Awesomeness, right? Then her kids start getting married. and she still demands that uh, the kids and their and their new spouses are still going to be there on new year's or christmas eve because it all dressed alike because we've gathered here and i was talking to a lady whose kid is involved in that and it's like we have got you a quiet christmas eve because our kids are never allowed to be here on that Christmas Eve because they have to be, you know, and she's struggling with what, what I do with this and the emotions that go. That's a tough one. Mm-hmm. That's a hard one. Okay? Um, so the dangers of if we love transactionally, if we love other people transactionally, what are the dangers?
2: You don't really love them.
0: No, why? because <laughs> it because we're waiting to get gain, right? I'm gonna do it because of what I get in return. Yeah.
1: You'll always be disappointed at some point, sometime, somewhere. Yeah.
5: Somebody
1: you won't feel if you that's how you view it that they aren't giving you what you think you deserve in your hour of being or
5: whatever. Yeah. And you start keeping
0: score. Mm-hmm. Because the need of that specialness, yeah, right? And, and you're always gonna
1: you're always gonna lose. You're always gonna feel like you're short, you've been uh, short end of the deal. And uh, I mean the the thing about your daughter is your daughter for the rest of your life, your son is your son until he takes him a wife is absolutely <laughs> <laughs> And it is, the, you know, and you should, what you want is that your son marries into a family that appreciates it. What you should want is a son who's happy, and you want a son that's married to someone who's
0: a cheerleader. But that's not transactional. I know, but that's not.
1: Transactional, <laughs> it doesn't
5: work.
0: transactional is if I was a good mom, I should, I, get, I was a good mom so that he'll always come back on Christmas Eve. I, I should be getting, I'm, I'm getting, right? And
2: I'm, it, the
0: you're always going to find something. Yeah. something yeah, yeah, entropy. of that prevents us from becoming like God? Yeah, it does. Why? <laughs> no, it does. It, it does. It, it, it may not prevent it, but it means that we're not on on a God level yet, right? Selfish. Because it's still based on selfishness, what I, what I get. And... And and the times the times that I know and, and I think we all struggle, guys. I think we all struggle with this transactional obedience. Part of our mortalness is that I think this is the battle that we fight constantly. And I don't think we should beat ourselves up because we struggle with this. But I think this is um, now. I, I do think it's interesting though that that uh, we find in the scriptures this interesting little verse that says. Coming from the Savior. We love Him. Why? Because. because He first loved us. Now, I when I try and think, when I worry about is my relationships and everything I do, how transactional is that? There is a time when I'm thinking it's it may be like reverse transaction, maybe it's not transactional. And that is when I love somebody or serve somebody that has already done something nice for me. I'm not necessarily expecting anything back, but I'm doing it out of a sense of love and gratitude. I, I don't know, is that transactional, or is that maybe a little more godlike?
1: I think it's godlike because it made you think This wonderful person did this for me. I should be a better person, too, by doing something for them. I think
0: it's that. And then my obedience, like if I move that to God, and then my obedience for him is not based on what I'll get, heaven or anything. It's based on, I'm so grateful for the atonement. It's an easier, I'm just doing it. I'm, I'm keeping the same laws, but for a whole different reason. Now, I think we flip back and forth. I don't know that we're in a place where we're in mortality to hold this the whole time, but there are glimpses I think we get and maybe we reverse it.
5: Yeah? I'm going to throw something out there that I think some people are not going to like.
0: It's never stopped you before.
1: (laughs) 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 Yes,
5: some of these examples you've thrown out is that we raise these families because we want them to grow up and turn out this special way. And we get glory from that. Right? It's That's the selfish part of it. Yeah. Well, what about that scripture where God says, this is my work and my glory to bring to pass the eternal...
0: Imm- immortality, eternal life. Yeah, yeah.
5: It sounds like God is like that, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, and it's, it's hard to... So we're looking at I think it's a great question.
5: Well, uh, or, or another way to phrase that is at least in the modern philosophies of men is that if we're totally... Comfortable with ourselves, yeah. We should feel good about ourselves regardless of what happens outside of us. Well, it sure sounds like God has uh, uh, an in- ego. Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, especially if you're reading the Old Testament, God is often—he's jealous, he's angry, he's smiting, he's—and
5: what made me say this is at least the direction I sensed of this conversation was that if if it's transactional if obedience well that's what we do but God
0: is not transactional Yeah. well
5: boy there's sure a lot in the scriptures that says to me that he is
0: yeah, yeah what do you think I, that's, that's a great great point
2: so that they will become independent of us in and of themselves rather and I think that's what God's trying to I mean, you still have the relationship, but we're not wanting them to stay under us. We're wanting them to become fully independent adults who are also creating.
0: Well, but, but, isn't it, but, we, but we battle that, right? Because, yes, we want them to be independent, but if they're going to start doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing, then we still want to control. So, no, I, I think that's a, that's a great question. How does God view us if he's going to say I love them, then I gave them their free agency. Now, how is he going to respond when they're not doing what they need to be doing? Uh, but he can say, "This is, my, but I'm going to work really hard."
5: And, and I'd sort of like people to disprove the conclusion.
0: It very much is transactional
5: that is because of what she gives back to me.
0: It does. And we all
5: say, oh, I love them so much, but it's usually because of what... (sighs) Oh, man. I've seen parents who, at least it's their version of unconditional love, where they give their kid everything and never challenge them. It's like, whatever you want. Well, of course, we call that being spoiled.
0: Right. But I'm also expecting a certain type of behavior. So if I gave you everything and then you start doing drugs or I gave you everything and you're not doing what I want you to do, then it turns out it was more transactional than... Because you're right. We thought we were being... Unselfish. We thought we were just, I love them, so I'm giving them everything. And, but when they're not doing it, then we get angry because now you're giving our family a bad name. Or now I gave you everything, but now you won't leave the house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, and you stay, all, stay up all night gaming and you're not getting on with your life. And I start getting resentful because I gave you everything. You should be giving me something back.
2: But we want them to be happy and we know
0: they're not living in a manner that will lead to their own happiness. Yeah, which then causes you to be like God who then... That's why I think Joseph's conception of a God who weeps. When we look in Moses 7, it says, I love them, but they don't have natural affection for their own... They're not doing the things that I would have hoped that... They're not, they're not there yet. Because I, I want them... Now, if the idea with our kids is that we are our greatest joy when we're seeing them being loving and successful, I don't know if that's transactional or if that's just... Maybe that's joy. Joy is seeing them become what they can be. And then being disappointed and painful when they're not.
6: Well, I I guess you could ask the question also is, uh, is God feeling glory, is that a... Is that uh, a, a, an egotistical thing? Yes. Or, right. Or is it just right a natural consequence of the whole uh, eternal priesthood? Thing?
5: I think I think that's a that's
0: a really good question. Yeah. Yeah. So have...
2: Yes, ma'am. One, I do think that for record, if you so that kind of changes that aspect. But think about, I'm sitting, I'm playing the piano. My daughter is playing the uh, viola, right? Uh, um, I paid for lessons. I paid for years of lessons. <laughs> I to
0: lessons.
1: But yeah.
2: when I am sitting there and she is playing, the joy in my heart, the reward is there. Yeah. I'm not Getting anything
0: back? You're getting a re- you're getting a joyful reward.
2: Yes, a joyful reward. So I'm wondering if we confusing that that aspect of love is a as a yeah as a transaction back as more of just I, I, I use the word joy for a lack of a better definition.
0: And, it, and it's joy receiving something as back.
2: As Elder Lewis has stated, you put an eternal being in a mortal body; it will be difficult for us to understand those emotions. We weep when we're happy and
0: we weep that Yeah. Yeah. And so is joy is joy, is God getting something back to that transaction? I just think that's a great question. And, and I don't have an answer for it, by the way.
3: Part of what I'm thinking too is when people write the scriptures, they write according to their understanding. Mm-hmm. I mean, they cannot write about something they don't understand. You know, we talked about the Old Testament, the God's have mm-hmm. emotions. Well, that was the state they were in. And for them to understand God, he had to have emotions and feel things like they are. And so I'm wondering if a lot of the things that are written about God are written from our point of
0: view and not his. Yes. That's well, exactly what happened. Um, and so, so, I mean, to, to, to your point about the Old Testament, uh, most, most biblical scholars, I would say 90%, would, would now say that most of the Old Testament was written in Babylon. It was, a, it was written after, from whatever scrolls and information they had. But it was written in Babylon after Jerusalem had already fallen, after the time of Lehi. Okay, uh, and so they because of that, and they're trying to they're trying to give David an idea. Yeah. Okay. Um, they're trying to give like some national identity, and so they're giving something to David, and, and and they're watching the retribution that might roll onto the Gentiles because of what happened, because what the, or the. Babylonians, what they did to the Jews. Anyway, God is often painted angry, spiteful, jealous, vengeful, all those kind of things. And, and I, like, I like what somebody said is that anywhere in the scriptures, but especially in the Old Testament, if you're reading something and, and you're reading something and, and your heart just grows and you just feel peace, This is true, but if you read some parts of the Old Testament where you know Israel is supposed to go in and destroy Canaanite cities and kill every man, woman, and child and animal, and when I read it and I feel my heart contract, I know there's something here that maybe isn't accurate. I don't. I may not know what it is, but I just know it is not uplifting. It doesn't feel peaceful. And, and I don't know exactly what it is that I'm reading that is not there but I have to question a little bit what, was there some human interference in in putting this thing together or just what? I, I just have to let that be my guide. How do I how do I spiritually react to a God who is vengeful and angry? My heart contracts when I read it, and I just don't know always what to do with that. So. Okay, now Yes, get him.
4: It, just this whole thing about um, with our relationship with God—is it transactional? I feel like if you know He gives us love, so we give Him love, and that brings us both joy, it m- may be transactional, but I don't think it matters because <laughs> it. Yeah. Is transactional in its I guess, purest form and if, if we want to consider it transactional then maybe that's just because that's how God knows how he can reach us and
0: especially we, where we are now Yeah,
4: because we are here to grow we are here to learn and as time goes on our goal is to get to a point where we just have where we are with him and we just love him because he is our father and he's there, and he just loves us because we are his kids, and
0: and we have that connection, that relationship.
4: Have a and it, it'll be less, I guess, transactional, um, and
0: just more natural, like part of our nature. Yeah,
4: but for now, I I'm not saying it's like a bad thing to talk about or discuss, but I'm just saying whether or not it's transactional, it's fine. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to remember him that I may always have his spirit. Now is that transactional? We're getting something, or is it a
2: natural consequence?
6: Right. Yeah.
0: Oh. Yeah. God wants
6: to.
0: Oh. Okay. All right. That's good. Okay. So. I realize we're about out of time. So I I love the fact that this scriptures and ideas should challenge us without necessarily having to put a complete button on this. But but ultimately, I think God operates out of the law of love. Uh, And I think the law of love requires that we are to judge righteous judgment and provide what's needed, not deserved. As we've been talking about. And I think that is hard it's hard the more transactional we are it's harder to not look at whether they deserve it and what we deserve and it's toughest when that love isn't reciprocated immediately we're supposed to serve even those that aren't and and, and is there a harder thing that we're called upon to do i man i don't <laughs> that's my hardest thing um but the but the law of love re- requires that we just learn how to love, and I think that's the changing of a nature. And I love the idea of consequence thing as opposed to a reciprocal. I think that works. So, all right, um, good discussion, good stuff. Uh, final thoughts on this. I know we didn't completely answer all of this, but hopefully we're close. Yeah.
1: If uh, early in life you are not allowed to like yourself yeah then you end up with a problem that uh, causes uh, a lack of emotions uh, yeah from love on down
0: yeah. I, I spend the rest of my life behind the eight ball, right? Because if I don't, if I'm struggling with how I feel, then I can, I'm almost like a black hole of, of uh, validation. You can't, I can't take in enough love or validation or, or support because it flows right through me because I always feel like I don't deserve it, so I can't hold it. And, and that's hard. That's hard. That's why learning how to accept love is sometimes so... And and again, I'll I'll face this. And and I'll I'll pick on... Guys have a particular problem. Sisters, I think your problem is more. (laughs) On this one. Because you are so great at serving. You are so great at serving. You absolutely stink at receiving. (laughs) You will take meals out to people at the drop of a hat, for you to accept meals coming in, yeah, that's tough. Because you have been on that that rece- that giving in so much that, that sometimes love means also being able to accept it. And I think that's tough. But anyway. All right. Um, like I say, i uh, in my testimony, guys, that I, I just think that there is somewhere in here our need to be able to love, and I think as we grow and as we and as our nature's change, we begin to love without restriction. But I think the more we we have to start with this mortal, I want gain and I want to be special, and then we're going to kind of wash in our obedience in how we do that. So uh, pray, just kind of think about it a little bit, and uh, maybe we'll continue some of this next week and i leave that with you in jesus name amen, amen. amen. um closing prayer cindy you want to give us a closing prayer do. and thank you for joining us for another monday morning class hope you enjoyed it if you have any suggestions about future topics that we could discuss or if you had any questions concerning something that you heard in the class, please drop us a note. We'd love to hear from you. As always, if you happen to be in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, please come in and join us on a Monday morning. We'd love to see you and identify who you are. If the podcast itself is resonating with you, go ahead and click subscribe uh, so that Apple can figure out where we are. We'd love to, to hear from you. So again, thank you for coming. And we'll see you for another Monday morning
6: class.